0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive.
1: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is the Spirituality and Health Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today, Rev. Wendy Van Allen, is an ordained interspiritual minister. Counselor and a practicing spiritist. As a priestess of both Lakumi and Wiccan traditions, Reverend Van Allen is a longtime practitioner of nature spirituality. In her new book, Relighting the Cauldron, Embracing Nature's Spirituality in Our Modern World, she brings a wealth of wisdom to bear on what she feels is necessary for us moderns to really regain a deep. Spirit, or really engage in a deep spiritual transformation, something, and I think you'll see how I understand this, something that is absolutely necessary if humanity is going to survive what's coming. So, Wendy Van Allen, welcome to the Spirituality and Health Podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Ravi. I really appreciate it. And I thank Spirituality and Health for the interest in reading my book and sharing this to to your listeners and to your readers. I'm really honored to be here.
1: It, it's our pleasure. It, the book is really interesting. And the issue is, I mean, I don't know, it, It's it can't be more timely. It's I think it was yesterday's New York Times. Of course, people will hear this whenever they hear this. Mm-hmm. And by yesterday, I mean uh, March 21st, 2023. Mm-hmm. It, the UN came out with its latest climate, report. And they said, we have 10 years before the end. You know, you, you uh-huh. used to watch these these guys with a long beard and the signs going, the end is nigh. You know, it was, it was a joke. And then they started saying, the end is nigh in 30 years. And then 30 years would go by and they say, oh, the end is nigh. And they'd say 20 years. They always put it off. But this time, this time they say, no, 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 we really mean it. And I think they really mean it that th- the end is coming. And in, you know, within 10 years, or maybe in 10 years, the, the temperature is going to have risen two and a half degrees Fahrenheit, 1.5 degrees Celsius over the industrial average, the, the pre industrial average, I think it is. And that's bad. It's not as bad as it could have been. Mm-hmm. But it's bad, and it's going to do tremendous harm to humanity as well as the rest of the world. And your book, though this is not a book about climate, it's not a book about ecology, it's a book about embracing nature spirituality, you put it, you know, in our modern world. But I think, or at least this is how I understood it, how I read it, was it's Embracing nature spirituality in a world, in a human world, that is committing, is there a word for this, biocide, side. So there you is
2: know, a word, it, it's called ecocide, and it was ecocide. coined, I believe, by Father Barry. I believe he coined that term in the 70s. So this is not something new. Yes, it's no. ecocide. It's committing a, a genocide to the planet and to, you know all the species in addition to ourselves. Yeah. I
1: you know I think the planet will survive us, but we're not gonna survive. I, I think that's Yeah, the I agree possible. with you.
2: I mean, you know, sometimes when when I hear people read my book or give me feedback, which is wonderful, usually it's it's pretty positive so far. It almost sounds so like alarmist, like I feel like, oh, I'm a sky swallowing person, but I don't know what else to do. I mean, I, I, you know, I know I'm not alone. It begins with recognizing all of the young people who this is the world they're inheriting and they've been alarmed enough to get together. I mean, they've been marching. They've been being activists. They're very worried about the future. And and I think they're, it's a very healthy response because... It's just like you said, it's, it's, it was, I remember, you know, remember when Al Gore came out with his movie and he was kind of mocked and it was yeah. so everything that he said is, is kind of come to pass. So, so it it's something that's going to come to pass. It's not if it's, it's when we are going to see. Massive shifts in climate, massive, and what happens when 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 environments are destroyed? You know, we get situations where you're going to have mass exodus. You're going to have people moving. You're going to have war for natural resources. It's 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 looking pretty bleak. And my book is really about a paradigm shift in the way we think and the way we relate to the earth and to other species and to one another.
1: Yeah, it it is the the book isn't bleak but the situation is dire.
2: Thank you. Thank so, you.
1: So, so I want to I want to ask you about the title. It says it's called Relighting the Cauldron. So tell us how the cauldron got extinguished.
2: Well, I think one of the main themes that that I talk about in my book is that <laughs> these there is a, a strong correlation between the destruction we're seeing that that humankind has bringing about on our earth with the way that we have lost connection to the earth and lost connection to the natural world and part of that a big part of that is because we don't revere the earth anymore we no longer see it holy and that's been a long march that's not you can't really pin it on any one people i think it's just been a a transition, and it's a transitional stage that we're going through now, and what comes after matters. So one of the things I really talk about is how patriarchy has kind of encapsulated the problems that have contributed to the planetary, you know, problems we're having today.
1: Okay, I get it. Let's not blame one people. You don't want to blame anybody. I do. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I, I, you know, I think that, and, and this is, uh, I, I know that what I'm saying is is over the top, but I think it has to be stated if you live in the West. And that is that yeah. you could trace a lot of this back to the paradigm that's revealed in the book of Genesis, in the first chapter of Genesis, when the human is created in Genesis 1, 26. You have this thriving planet Gen- starting with Genesis 1.1 to Genesis one twenty five, everything is fine. You got earth and sky and water and light and animals and fish and birds and every time something is created and it's all holy because it's all created by this God character and everything that's created is good. Now, it doesn't mean Morally good morals are irrelevant in the in the first five days of creation. It's good in the sense of uh, the Hebrew word is tov. It's tov, good in the sense of fitting. It's right. It works. Everything is connected to everything else. You know, they didn't have a sense of the Mm -hmm. Buddhist notion of dependent co-origination. They still saw this in, in a linear way. But everything is connected to everything else. You don't have the birds before you have the sky, you know, God, Mm -hmm. God, God didn't create the, the animals that walk upon the ground before God created the ground. So there's, there's a logic to it, but everything was good. And then in verse 26 and verse 27, God creates these people and (laughs) there's no need for them. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything. So God has to, it's like, it's like, everything's perfect your your system is running just the way it's supposed to and then god says let's see what do i do with these people let's let's create managers mm. let's put somebody in charge of a system that doesn't need a manager right where everything else is created out of what comes before these creatures these humans are created out of thin air They're not connected to anything. They're alien to the creation of the previous days. And what are they created for? They're created to dominate. They're created to rule over the fish and the birds and all the rest of it. They're created ultimately to destroy it. Not that that's what it says, but the idea of domination and rule. What do you expect? These people have no connection with the rest of creation other than to control it and ultimately to use and then abuse and then destroy it. And that's the problem. That's now,
2: the problem is that mentality That I, I mentality And it's now, true and, and you you know for me when I read those kind of things, I mean my undergraduate degree is in anthropology and I and I believe that there is a what it you know, if we want to look at it as in a terms of like a a metaphor. It was a metaphor for a time when humanity really was not disconnected from the earth. That was the garden to me. That's what I hear. I hear us being at one. There was a time before we knew. Before we knew we were different. Before it, we were set apart. Like you're saying, that we were just like the other animals. We were interconnected with nature. You know, and 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 that's what my book kind of goes to. Is that there is a there is a consciousness that that's. That really was the consciousness of humanity for a very long time. And that's what's still preserved in indigenous culture. You know, it's not that I'm not saying that indigenous people are still primitive. No, indigenous people are modern as well. Some of them still live in traditional ways. The ones, there are people, very few left in the world, unfortunately, that completely shun modern Western, you know, society. But their understanding of their relation to the earth is not a sense of domination. It's not even a sense of stewardship, which is like the best case scenario there. What it is, is is a sense of oneness. And it's a sense of dependence, really, of interdependence. You know, like they don't see themselves, like their concept of the earth is that this is our mother. Like we are part of this. And and it, it really makes so much more sense when you think about it. It's like, let's put it this way. We have this fantasy of leaving this planet and being able to breathe on another planet and you know, taking ourselves with us. And maybe we will someday. That would be wonderful too. But this is our planet. This is this is we cannot live without, you know, being embedded in 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 this ecosystem. And that's the understanding that the the people that had lived one, one with nature had. And it was a not just like, you know, a worldview. It was their spirituality. It was everything.
1: Right. Right. I mean the, the- The older creation story in the Bible is in chapter two. And that's where you get what you're talking about, where Mm -hmm. the human, the human, you know, sadly, the English translations talk about man. So, Mm -hmm. A, you get this patriarchal, masculine BS, which isn't in the Hebrew. The Hebrew is clear that it's talking about Adam and this, which Mm -hmm. really means human or better earthling and it comes from the earth, Adamah. So there's this clear Hebrew connection that that the human comes out of the humus. So it is this, this oneness, and that the job of the human is to protect and serve, it says in the Hebrew. So so it, the older story is more like the, the indigenous stories you're talking about.
2: We, which absolutely makes sense, right? Because if you yeah. go back, it's closer to indigenous thinking. And just like every other people, the indigenous... You know, people that put the words down in the Bible, that that's where it came from, is that understanding.
1: Right. But then you get this first story, which is mm-hmm. actually comes afterward. later. And yep. you get religions that are, I mean, the first story is sort of an off-world story because the people come out of the thin air, like I said. Mm-hmm. And then the religions that de- are really dependent on the first story or derived from that first story are religions that, they're the off-world religions, whether they're mm-hmm. the spiritual ones, where I got to go to heaven, I got to get off this planet, I got to get to heaven, or they're the secular version, where I've got to merge in the singularity with a with you know silicon life forms, right. and I'm no longer human. I'm just going to be a, a disembodied being connected with the internet, you, know, you know, the the cloud, or I'm going to get off this planet and go to another planet and give me a few. Millennia to ruin that one. You know, it's all about. Or what
2: it did serve was to create civilization. You know, the trade off was that with that kind of consciousness, we did create a civilization. We created city states. We created, you know, different classes, different functions, people. You know, there was development there, technology, all of that came out of that evolution, that separation, right? But now we've gotten to this point where. The separate. now. Now we're we're on a track to destroy ourselves, right? So that's kind of run its course, and that right. now of we've got book. to get
1: back to the garden, like we yes, yes used to sing, we really do have know,
2: to get back to the garden. That old song, you know, Crosby, we really Stills, do.
1: Smash and young, you know, in exactly. the Woodstock, We have to get back to the garden.
2: And Ronnie, one of the one of the inspirations for my book was my attendance at the Parliament of the World Religion. That happened in 2017 in Utah, and I believe night was it 16 and ninth and 18. Once in Utah and once in Toronto, and at both occasions there was the. I don't know if you've ever been to the Parliament of World Religions, have you?
1: I've. I was in Utah, and I was in Toronto, and oh, the next cool. one is coming up in August.
2: Yes. Yeah, this August in Chicago. There. Exactly. Maybe we can see each other. That, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And I was so touched by how many people, Indigenous people from all around the world came with something to say. And they came with the same message. And they came with the idea that we have to do something. Like I said, they're not, you know, they're modern too. They're living in this world. They see what's going on. And you know, I don't know if you remember, but I was at the, the plenary where the chief of the Yanam, y- Yamamaya people, I believe they're called. I'm not sure. But the people from the Amazon, they are they believe that it's their duty to care for the Amazon. And the chief spoke and he said, you know, it's time for Western people to to learn to listen, you know, listen to what we've been trying to tell you. And I, I just, it just blew me away. I, I was like, we really need to listen to this message. We have to do something. We have to change the way that you know the Western mind is thinking. And I, and I remember another group that came and said, you know, we, the, the, the they were the Quechua peoples from Peru, and they were like, we have to. The shaman said, we have to dream a new dream. You guys are dreaming a nightmare into existence. You know, <laughs> and so, so those are the reasons why I, I kind of broke down that. We, the, the trajectory we're on, just like you're saying, and I agree with you, is based on this Western Ju- Judeo-Christian, I guess you've, you've educated me to the fact, the first story that is newer than the older story, and it's toxic. It's not healthy. It's like toxic masculinity. You know, masculinity isn't bad, but toxic masculinity is.
1: Yeah. Now, is it possible to dream a new story, or are we really stuck with this nightmare? I, I, I have a sense, and I mean, your book is, you know, it's, I mean, you, it's hopeful. Thank uh, you. But I, I you know, if, if we take the UN at its, if the UN study is accurate, and we've got 10 years, I mean, we can't stop climate change. That's that, right. That, that's that gone. That That ship has sailed. So now it's going to be 1.5 degrees Celsius, 2.5 degrees Fahrenheit, it's going to get hot. It's going to be, like, just like you said a few minutes ago, food's going to be at a premium. Water's going to be at a premium. Livable, living space is going to be at a right. premium. <clears throat> so war is going to be more, you know... If it can get more prevalent, it's going to get more prevalent. Right,
2: because you're going to fight over natural resources like you that. Know, That's just yeah. You know, exactly. Right now,
1: you know, look at look at our the, the U.S. Me. the southern border of the U.S. and people are saying, so, "Oh, that exactly. is an alien invasion," and they're all coming through, and they're you know all this stuff, this hatred toward people who are coming here for to escape gang violence to escape right. you know poverty all that kind of stuff that is nothing compared to what's coming over the same border due to global warming and and the the effects of climate change
2: the effects of climate change will create chaos and when yes yeah. comes those kinds of situations it's the causes and conditions and it's going to happen here too i mean that's what i'm saying you no know, the, yeah. the reality is parts of the southwest are going to be unlivable you know, it's like that's a big swath of this country. So, yeah, where, yes. where and, are they
1: going to go? They're going to Where go, are
2: they going to go? Exactly.
1: They're going to go you know, north. They're going to go Canada.
2: Canada. We'll invade Canada.
1: Right. right. If the Canadians, you know, they're going to have a southern border problem. And so, right. so here's my question. Here's my question. We have a history that we can look at yes. of countries trying to defend their border against. This kind of mass chaotic invasion of people trying to escape the hellhole. You know, it's sort of Mad Max and the Thunderdome kind right. of thing where all these people are trying to escape. It's not like we, we, we welcome them with open arms. We welcome them with different kind of arms. You know, we welcome them with militarized, you know, mm-hmm. arms with military arms. So what can we do in the 10 years we've got? Not to stop it, but to prepare for it. What can we do using the insights of indigenous peoples, using the insights of shamanic practices, or, or using shamanic practices to try to free ourselves from the nightmare? Not the, not this change that's inevitable now, but to free ourselves from the nightmare, to at least dream a different reality so that we can begin to live a different reality. As the, the hellscape that we've created for ourselves begins to unfold in earnest, what can we do to, to not end up with just mass slaughter at the, you know, the border of, you know, the, the, the northern border of New York and can- New York State and Canada?
2: So m- what I propose in my book and what I really truly believe is that in order to end up an paradigm, you have to make it obsolete and how what what is required is creating a new paradigm and that's what we can do we can lay down the groundwork for a better world we can start living in ways that are more holistic that recognize kinship with other species with each other that kind of try to work towards you know acknowledging and taking ownership over past harms and you know addressing things toxic things like racism sexism And also just creating a better communities and people create community based on shared interests. And a lot of the things that I talk about in the book, like I go, I interview 10 different practitioners from 10 different types of nature spirituality practices because I didn't want it just to be my voice. So I did three people that do a more traditional indigenous practices, three people that do neo pagan practices, and three people that do Afro-Caribbean practices and I compare and contrast them. It's not a how-to to to do those practices. A lot of them are initiatory, and and they're that way for a reason. They protect their beliefs from cultural appropriation and just being misunderstood, you know, and they're that way because of many years of colonialism. But where people can find those common interests, those commonalities, the things that work for them, you know, understanding that, You know, permaculture, sustainability, like trying to everybody trying to do a little bit their part, you know, understanding that everything that we do, we leave that carbon footprint, you know, and and we can change the way we think. We can change the way we live and we can start doing it in little spits and walking towards that so that the next generation and generation after that who are going to live through that transition and a lot of what is is going to fall away, but they're going to build the new world. And that's what I believe we can do.
0: at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: So I want to focus just for a second on this notion of a lot of what is, is going to fall away. Mm -hmm. I I think I I have a seven-year-old grandson. I have Mm -hmm. another grandson who's just maybe five months old. Mm -hmm. And the world that they are going to inherit is not this one. That's right. So I don't know if theirs is going to be Mad Max or or if theirs is going to be, you know, Waterworld, <laughs> you know, I'm dating myself with these mm-hmm. these dystopian movies. So I don't know, you know, how bad it's going to be, but it isn't going to be this world. And right. I'm wondering So so let me let me put it this way. And I and You're, I just
2: want to join you and say I just found out I'm going to be a grandmother. So yes, I you ah, know, congratulations. That we thank you so much and I you know, I am very concerned, you know, for the, 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 my grandchildren or my great grandchildren. That's, that's, again, that's an, that's a concept that's very common among nature-based people is generations, seven generations behind us and seven generations ahead of us. That's the way we need to think, not just about our own.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I, I agree. I'm not sure we've got seven generations ahead, but that's right. okay. But, but I, I get, I get the concept. So here's So I'm looking around, and I want to say, yep, Reverend Wendy's got it, and that's what we've got to do. And I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I'm looking around at the religious landscape, whether it's in the United States with the rise of... And the continuing rise of a really militaristic Christian messianism or evangelical Christian messianism. Christian
2: nationalism, I think. Christian
1: nationalism, white evangelical Christian, (laughs) you can keep adding our adjectives, or what's going on in Israel which is you know e- you know it's it's equally theocratic, mm. I think it's fascist what's happened what's happening in Iran what's happening in turkey what's happening in india you know what what's happening in in russia it's not always religious though in russia too it's part mm. of the the russian orthodox church but but religion is the problem, not the solution in many of these no. places yes i don't see the rise of liberalism. I see the collapse of liberalism. So I don't see the future as being hopeful in the short term. And I'm wondering, and this is going to bring me to something else you wrote, but but I'm going to hold off on it in a second. I'm wondering if we're not witnessing the necessary collapse of the, I don't know, the, the, Patriarchal nightmare, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be, or by necessity, it has to be, just because of the nature of the nightmare itself. It's going to be a violent collapse because it can't collapse any other way. And you call it, and I'm putting words in your mouth, so correct me if you like. But you call it in an article in your on your website. The article is called Roe v. Wade and the Wrath of the Goddess. Mm -hmm. I place my hope. In the wrath of the goddess, I think we're in the kali yuga, big. where the yeah. goddess, the divine mother, is stripping away all of the BS that we've been clinging to for the last two thousand years, and it isn't going to be nice because we are addicted no. to this stuff.
0: Yes, but it's <laughs> the
1: only hope we got. So, so go ahead. Where do you want to go with that?
2: I, I'm with you 100 percent, Rami, and 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 sadly, sadly, that's what I also believe. You know, I have learned in, in from many different teachers and different paths that like human beings learn two ways from love and pain. We learn from love and pain. And if you think about people in your life, some people will learn from from love and they'll, they'll learn from from listening and they'll learn from other people's misfortunes. And then there's people that only learn when they experience it. And I believe that there's going to be the wrath of the goddess is that there's going to be a massive cull of humanity. And that's going to be that. That's the rap. That's the repercussions of this toxic paradigm. And it's going to happen. It's not if and it's when, but, but it's, I don't believe, I really do believe that we're being prepared for that, you know, a, a more pluralistic world, a more we can create that if we try, like if we really set that intention, the idea of a partnership world. Have you read I, I refer to her Rain Eisler, her work. Yeah. Uh, she wrote Chalice and the Blade and she's right. done a lot of work on economies. And I've read her her some of her work on the economies. And I just think her ideas are so important. And she talks about that balance, you know, there's, there's total connection between the way we change, we treat the earth and the way we treat women. You know, it's oh, the,
1: absolutely.
2: there's a complete connection. And, and you as someone, and thank you so much for sharing with your devotion to goddess, it's like the earth is the, the ultimate manifestation of goddess energy, okay? And by, by recognizing her power, you know, when we look to nature, that's another thing that that I think is a big difference between nature spirituality and some of the 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 Western ideas is like this the, in nature spirituality there's no uh black and white evil and good these dualities that are so harsh men women you know th- it's not like that there is there is a reflection of nature nature has both good and bad within it it's like even to put that judgment on nature it's just that's a human judgment you know like for instance, When there's a fire, a massive fire that goes through a, uh, you know, a forest, yes, it's horrible for the animals that are there at the time. Yes, it's horrible for any people that were living in there. But the fire will clear away and a new forest will begin. That's the wrath of the goddess. That's how it works. You know, earthquakes like this whole terrible earthquake in Syria. Oh, my God. My friend is is from Turkey and Syria. My friend is Turkish. And she said, we really aren't understanding the scope of that earthquake. What happened? It's it's as big as from New York to Washington. Okay, like the size of the damage. Can you imagine how long, how how destroyed that country is? Like, again, that those kind of things are happening. You know, I, I, it came to me recently that I used to read when I read the book of revelations and the whole revelation about the end times, I used to get terrified, you know, especially when I was a kid, when I grew up Episcopalian, terrified, but I've come to the realization Rami, that it, it is happening. It's happening all around us. It's just not happening all at one time because time in the grander scheme of things, isn't the way we experience time, right? Like we see time all at once, you know, it has to happen all at once for it to be revealing. To, to reveal the book but i think it's happening in different places in different times it certainly happened for those people it happened in syria from what you know happened with with the russian invasion and the destruction of syria a few years ago it happened it to haiti not too long ago it's happening at different points of the the at different places in the planet at different times and it's just going to continue to do that that's how the paradigm's going to collapse
1: right the the, the, the earthquake is the wrath of the mother and it's not there's no what you're saying is there's no evil there Mm -hmm. because that's you need you know you need the earthquake that's how the earth survives it's the shifting of plate tectonics right And if you didn't have that, the earth couldn't survive. That's not evil. The evil is that so much of the destruction, at least in Turkey, was caused by the fact that Erdogan rolled back the building codes for his friends. And so I heard the same exact thing. Those buildings collapsed. So anyway, I I mean, I I absolutely agree with you. I think that this is part of the great cleansing that's going to be happening. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to have to end with that because we're out of time. But, you know... I'd love to get together and talk again about okay you. you've got a grandchild on the way I've got two many of our listeners have grandchildren who are very young they're going to be they're going to be in the midst of this coming apocalypse you know this tearing it? away of the veil I think that's what apocalypse means what tearing it? away of the the veil of ignorance that the mother is oh. is bringing and how do we raise kids to survive without the, oh, you know, I don't know, without the conceit of, of human superiority? What can we do to avoid that when everything they're faced with is all about that, the chapter one of Genesis rather than the chapter two? How do we raise Genesis chapter two kids? No, that's works. a good place to end. I won't ask you to solve that. I think radio, people should read. But I,
2: I really believe in the in the in the, their generation. And I think we just, real quick, it's a matter of raising them to see the potential of creating a new world that's based on partnership, that's based on interconnection with others that kind of erases borders. Like, if we were to survive the borders that we were talking about, we're going to be one human species, not all these different, you know, nationality will just be like our sides. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be like that. And that's a radical thought, but I think that's where we're going. That's what has to happen.
1: And I think reading, relighting the cauldron can help people get get ready for what's coming. So thank you for writing this book. Our guest thank today, you. Reverend Wendy Van Allen, is an ordained interspiritual minister and counselor. As a priestess of both the Lakumi and Wiccan traditions, she's a longtime practitioner of nature spirituality. Her new book is Relighting the Cauldron, Embracing Nature Spirituality in Our Modern World. You can learn more about her work at her website, www.SoulBlossomCenter.com. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us on the Spirituality and Health Podcast.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.
1: Love talking with you. Spirituality and Health podcast is produced by Ezra Baker Trupiano, and our executive producer is Zach Avery. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five star rating on your podcast app. And if you're not already a subscriber to Spirituality and Health magazine, please become one at SpiritualityHealth.com. From everyone at Spirituality and Health magazine, we thank you for your support.